Maverick News presents The Rick Walker Show Defrag your mind Good evening, everyone. Hello, Maverick family. I'm back. Great to be here. And great to have everyone together again. And welcome to all the new people. We're here tonight, watching from all over the planet. It is still the holiday season. We've managed to survive another Christmas. Sorry I wasn't here for the past few nights. Family stuff called and uh, I had to, like everyone else, just take care of family matters over the holidays. So that's what I had to focus on. Um, but I'm here and I'm back. And uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. A lot of stuff to share with you. Donald Trump. Uh, at least for now, back on the ballot in Colorado. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu calling on Western countries to, in his words, absorb Palestinian refugees. That is sending off uh, or setting off shockwaves, to be sure. Um, what else do we have for you? That uh, petition calling for a confidence vote or a no confidence vote in the House of Commons in Canada to try to force an election and get rid of Trudeau. Well, that reached a, a record level. We'll tell you about that tonight as well. And then, of course, uh, all the Israeli-Hamas tensions continue to mount and we'll get caught up on some of uh, the news on that front as well as we dig into today's top news stories. So don't go away. We'll dig into all that and a whole lot more when we come back right after this. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms. Credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow may be too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. shall we begin? Let's start with um, this story about Donald Trump. 
Trump back on the ballot, at least for now, in Colorado. So the latest update on this is that um, the Colorado Supreme Court's decision regarding former President Donald Trump's eligibility for the 2024 Republican primary ballot um, is in a, a new chapter in a press release issued. Secretary of State Jenna Griswold confirmed that Donald Trump will remain on Colorado's 2024 presidential primary ballot pending certification on January 5th, 2024. This comes as the state Republican Party appeals a recent court ruling that initially found Trump ineligible for office. The Colorado Supreme Court had ruled 4-3 to three on December 19th that the former president could not receive the Republican nomination due to his alleged unconstitutional participation in the January 6th, 2021 insurrection, in their words, against the U.S. government. Griswold, speaking on recent threats against her, emphasized that Trump's disqualification is being appealed, stating Donald Trump engaged in insurrection, gain her words, and was disqualified under the Constitution from the Colorado ballot. The Colorado Supreme Court got it right, she said. This decision is now being appealed. Um, the Colorado Republican Party filed a 45-page petition. Yes, was it yesterday? Yes urging the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn the state's, the state court's decision. They argue that the party has been irreparably harmed by the ruling, claiming interference in their primary election process. As of now, the U.S. Supreme Court has yet to make a decision on the appeal. The clock is ticking, with the January 5th deadline looming for candidate names to be certified by both parties for the Colorado ballot. Um... Notably, the Colorado Supreme Court cited a prior ruling by Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch uh, overseeing the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals as part of his decision. Notably, the Colorado Supreme Court cited a prior ruling, or sorry, um, that was overseeing the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals, as I said, which was part of its decision. And meanwhile, attorneys for Trump have not yet appealed the Colorado ruling to the Supreme Court, leaving the situation still in a state of flux. So we continue to follow that story. Obviously not over, but his name will remain on the ballot, at least for now, until we get a higher court ruling, I guess. That's the way it kind of sits, and that is the, that's the story in a nutshell, back on the ballot, at least for now. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, before we move on to this Israeli Hamas tensions, protests, which we will get into momentarily, um, another kind of uh, interesting and important story 
Well, you know, before we get into that, too, let's talk about this Justin Trudeau stuff. That petition. Pretty big deal. I don't know that it will amount to an actual vote in the House of Commons, but there was a petition. As I'm sure everyone here knows. And um, the number of signatures on it reached a new record. So what is the story with that? A viral petition. It was a viral. I mean, it really did. It went viral calling for a non-confidence vote against Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's government. It's now officially closed. But get this. Look at all the look at all the signatures that they got. This is a new record. For Canada, keeping in mind that the U.S. is 10 times larger in terms of population. But for Canada, yeah, this is this is a pretty big deal. There it is. There's the petition. Democratic process, petition to the House of Commons, whereas the citizens of Canada have lost confidence in Justin Trudeau and the Liberal NDP coalition. We call on the House for a vote of no confidence. We ask for an election 45 days after the vote is won. The current government elected is not acting in the best interest of all citizens. The policies of this government, it says, aren't aligning with the crisis Canada is facing housing costs, infringement of civil liberties, highest inflation in history, unbalanced immigration policies, taxation to the point of poverty, weakening of our economy by importing natural resources that Canada already has and underutilizes. And based on the past eight years of this prime minister, Canadians do not have confidence in this prime minister after five ethics investigations and Canada's reputation being tarnished on a global scale under his leadership. To the extent that Canada is being discluded from participating in statements regarding important geopolitical events. With the undersigned, citizens and residents of Canada call upon the House of Commons to call for a vote of no confidence and a federal election 45 days following the vote. 386,698 signatures. Well, how's the saying go? We'll uh, we'll update it here. <laughs> Three hundred eighty-six thousand six hundred ninety-eight Canadians can't all be wrong. <laughs> Christmas is over, but I'm still in the mood. Jingle bells. Trudeau smells. Biden laid an egg. Klaus Schwab's deal has no appeal. But tomorrow is a brand new day. Hey everyone. Have a merry maverick Christmas. And a magnificent new year. Three hundred eighty-six thousand plus Canadians signing that petition. Will anything come of it? 
Well, it's certainly not binding. There is nothing that can compel the government or can compel that vote to happen. But it, I'll tell you this, it's still a positive thing overall because it, it, whether there's an admission of this or not, it does put pressure on Trudeau, more pressure. Already suffering in the polls, now this petition reaching a new record. I think the previous record was only in the mid-200,000 signature range. So that is substantial. It shows you that his days are likely numbered. And we also reported here that if his numbers in the polls don't approve pretty soon, there are, there are rumblings within the party that he might step aside as leader early in the new year. Now, I don't know if that's ultimately a good thing or not, because I think if he runs again, it will be very difficult for him to be reelected. Bring in some fresh blood. You have a whole different dynamic, a whole new ball game. Who knows what that might result in? It might just resuscitate the failing liberal party. Jagmeet Singh, meanwhile of the New Democratic Party saying right now, today, that a possible coalition government after the next election between the Liberals and the NDP, if there's another minority government elected in Canada with the Liberals at the helm, uh, he's ruling out any possibility of a coalition government between the NDP and the Liberals. Now, that being said, <laughs> I would take that with a grain of salt. Absolutely. Because he knows that people don't want to hear talk like that. He knows that if he says that there's a possibility for a coalition government, it changes the way a lot of people will vote. He, he understands that, and they've probably done some polling, and they know that that is going to ultimately hurt them. But I would not take what he said about that today at face value. No. We've already seen that in the last election, they were quite prepared to enter into a strategic agreement with the liberals to prop them up. Effectively, we do have a liberal NDP coalition government in place right now. That's the only reason Trudeau is still in office with a government in a minority position. It's because the NDP votes with the liberals on virtually everything to ensure that nothing of pivotal importance passes. And so there is never a confidence vote in the House because the, the key pieces of legislation that could trigger a confidence vote always pass. That's the deal. The other side of that deal is that the NDP gets a lot of the things that it wants. Things that include the National Dental Program. 
And I would say it also influences influences other government policies, including immigration. But you guys know all of that. I'm just saying that these comments today from Jagmeet Singh, again, should not be taken at face value. I think that if there is another minority government situation, don't be surprised at all if the NDP gets back in line right behind Trudeau's liberals and props them up again for another term. So Trump back on the ballot. A big petition to oust Trudeau. Jagmeet Singh saying, oh, no, we would never do that again. No, no coalition. Probably they would. If they can get what they want. It makes the NDP the kingmaker, you see. Gives them a lot of power. A lot. A lot of influence. In other news, this is a, a kind of a very, this is an interesting story. Very important as well. In a legal showdown that could have significant implications for the future of emerging technologies, the New York Times has taken legal action against OpenAI, the creator of ChatGPT, and its major backer, Microsoft. The federal copyright infringement law lawsuit filed in Manhattan District Court alleges that both entities used millions of copyrighted articles to develop artificial intelligence products that compete with and pose a threat to the New York Times' ability to provide its journalism services. The lawsuit claims that through Microsoft's Bing Chat, recently rebranded as Copilot, and OpenAI's ChatGPT, the defendants aim to benefit from the Times' substantial investment in journalism by creating substitute products without proper authorization or compensation. This marks the first legal action by a major media organization against OpenAI and Microsoft. The Times is seeking unspecified damages and has requested the court to order the destruction of all GPT and large language models trained using its copyrighted work. In response, OpenAI and Microsoft argue that their use of copyrighted works falls under the category of fair use. This is a very interesting case. When you're running videos or even using written materials here online as well, I know that there is sort of a gray area with regard to the use of copyrighted materials from media outlets. And this is new technology. This is where new legal precedents will be set setting the, uh, the table for the future and the way copyright laws will be applied to artificial intelligence technology and products as they are rolled out over the coming decades. OpenAI expressed surprise and disappointment with this lawsuit, stating that they have had productive conversations with the New York Times and are hopeful for a mutually beneficial resolution. 
On the other hand, Microsoft has not yet responded to um, many media requests for comment on this story. The lawsuit alleges instances where ChatGPT replicated content from the Times and its product review site, Wirecutter, verbatim. Times argues that this not only infringes on their copyright, but also harms their revenue streams as the AI tools fail to provide links to the original articles, leading to decreased traffic and subsequently loss of revenue for Wirecutter. In addition, the complaint, the legal complaint highlights where ChatGPT hallucinated that's a, a phenomenon with artificial intelligence or provided inaccurate information attributed to the Times, potentially compromising the integrity of the publication. The lawsuit seeks accountability for what the Times estimates to be billions of dollars in damages. So delete the whole thing, take it down, destroy all the files, basically wipe the whole chat GPT platform clean, take it down offline, and pay the New York Times billions of dollars. This legal action follows months of unsuccessful negotiations between the parties. It reflects a, a broader trend of media outlets, authors, and creatives pushing back against tech giants, using vast amounts of internet data to train AI models. Critics fear that the proliferation of AI tools could further erode revenue in the struggling journalism sector. In, re in other news related to this, a coalition of authors, including uh, George R.R. R. Martin and John Grisham, um, have also sued AI. That happened back in September. They allege mass copyright infringement. News Corp CEO Robert Thompson highlighted the need for compensation for content from digital platforms, emphasizing the challenges posed by generative AI. This legal battle adds to the challenges facing open AI boss Sam Altman, who recently faced a high-profile spat leading to changes in OpenAI's board of directors. Well, the exact reasons for Altman's temporary departure still are not known. The company's internal dynamics have been under scrutiny ever since. We'll continue to follow this. It's an important developing story as it winds its way through the courts. Don't expect a quick resolution. These things can take years and in some cases, even decades. My guess is this will remain in dispute so long that the lawsuit itself will become irrelevant and obsolete in the face of exponential growth and development and evolution of artificial intelligence technology, technologies. I saw today that, um, I think it was OpenAI said that, came out and said that Artificial general intelligence is not likely something that they can deliver in 2024, which goes against some of the recent posts which were leading people to believe that OpenAI might be on the cusp or may have already developed AGI. 
and we're ready to release it to the public. Now, if they have developed it, they're holding it back because they're saying today that um, not going to be released to the public likely in 2024, not something they think they can deliver. But the technology continues to expand, accelerate in, in its evolution. And it is going to be extremely disruptive on many fronts. And we've discussed that at length here on the program. It is probably, well, it is one of the most important stories of our time. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think uh, artificial intelligence will make the internet look like, well, it's at least on par with it, probably much bigger because of its uh, disruptive potential and the way it's going to affect people's livelihoods. Could be good, could be bad, probably going to be a bit of both. Moving on to look now at what's going on in the Middle East. Some somber news tonight concerning Judith Weinstein Haggai, the Canadian woman who was initially considered missing amid the Israel-Hamas conflict. Unfortunately, her family tonight saying, confirming that she has passed away. She is no longer with us. Uh, originally thought to be a hostage of Hamas, her family revealed today that she lost her life on October 7th, the same day Hamas conducted its attack on Israel. This woman was known as Judy, and her U.S.-Israeli husband, Gadi Haggai, were shot near the Gaza border. This according to a statement issued by her family. She is, um, we're told she was an English teacher specializing in teaching children with special needs. She had been actively involved in teaching mindfulness to children and te teenagers affected by anxiety due to the ongoing rocket fire from Gaza. She was a poet, an entrepreneur, and she believed in peace. She was a peace activist, actually. Mainstream media picking up on this story as well. Here's a picture of uh, Judy with, I believe this is her husband. As you can see here. And the problems just continue to grow over there for the Israel-Hamas conflict seems to be spreading. We're seeing followed from that here as well with 
increasing protests. And we're seeing warnings tonight from military officials and political leaders in Israel saying that um, the war could expand. Possibly toward Lebanon, into Lebanon. Benny Gantz, a former military chief and current member of Israel's war cabinet, warned yesterday that Israel could increase military activity against the against Hezbollah, which has been firing into Israel from Lebanon's southern border. He also says that the time for a negotiated end to the fighting with Hamas and Gaza was or is running out. We're seeing the death toll now tonight as well being updated. We're getting close, apparently, if you believe these numbers. And I'm always skeptical of numbers, especially death toll when it's being controlled by one side, and in this case it is, but we are told that more than 21,000 people have now been killed in Gaza since the war began. I'm not trying to downplay anything. I'm just saying that we're in the middle of a war, and one side is giving you casualty information. Well, I say take it, but understand that it may need to be updated later, maybe even months or years later because it may simply be um, distorted for political reasons. We just don't know. But we do know that the vast majority of uh, Gaza's 2.2 million people are displaced, and the United Nations has warned that more than half a million people face starvation On the Israeli side, military officials officials are saying um, almost 170 soldiers have been killed, IDF soldiers. All this happening during Israel's ground invasion into Gaza, which, of course, as we know, a response to the 1,200 plus people who were killed, and of course, a response to the 240 hostages that were taken by Hamas on October 7th, many of whom still remain in captivity tonight. I think we're into, what, day 84? Don't quote me on that, but it's more than 80 days now that this conflict has been raging. The Israeli Defense Forces are also saying that they have seized more than 65 million files belonging to Hamas, including half a million documents that detail operational plans and combat methods. A military unit is coordinating the examination of Hamas assets. That's been going on since the beginning of the war. The IDF says that uh, among the documents is a map of Hamas's underground tunnel network. 
and it is extensive. They have spent a lot to, to build that out and under. There was also a peacekeeper working with the United Nations interim forces in Lebanon that was attacked last night by a, a group of men. The vehicle was damaged. No additional information on the peacekeepers in condition is available at this hour. But as you can see, things are escalating. And what else are we seeing? We're seeing tonight that in a, in a in breaking news related to this, that Benjamin Netanyahu is trying to find Western countries willing to, in his words, words, absorb more Palestinian refugees. He is looking to the West, I guess, to take them out of there as a result of the conflict that uh, continues to percolate. Interesting that tonight, General Michael Flynn, formerly with the Trump administration for a very short period of time, as you know, making public statements on this. Flynn, not really coming down on either side of this dispute that as far as I can see, not being anti-Israel or pro-Palestine or vice versa. Um but he is sounding the alarm bell saying that this call for the absorption of Palestinian refugees is something the West should be very concerned about. He's obviously not in favor of the plan, which is being criticized by many and raising concerns for many as well, including myself. Our government, Justin Trudeau, has already Indicating a will, indicated a willingness to take large numbers of Palestinian refugees. And I'm not sure if it's wise because Canada has already is, continues to take in record numbers of new immigrants. We're up to about a million a year now. This could, I think make the coming year 2024 another another record breaking year for immigration in Canada. I think that we could hit 1.4 or 1.5 million new immigrants into the country this year alone with Justin Trudeau at the helm. Now here's General Flynn. He's been making a splash on Twitter. Now X making comments with the likes of Alex Jones and even just generating a lot of interest in it with his own name out there. Here's General Flynn talking about two things tonight. The, the, the concerns that continue to swirl around the failure of the Israeli defense mechanisms and defense assets that are in place on October 7th and 
also raising concerns, sounding the alarm bell on this new wave of immigration that may be imminent because of Benjamin Netanyahu's approach to this. Where will these refugees go? These displaced people. Well, I would say Canada will take some. I would say that when you get progressives into the mix on this discussion, they will call for the absorption of as many as can be sent to North America. In high concentration, in large numbers, any group of people will begin to change the cultural dynamics of any country. And that is honestly what we are beginning to see in Canada and the United States, especially in Canada. Okay, let's uh, let's play this clip with General Michael Flynn. That, uh, that fence line and then in the towers that secure that part of the border of the Israeli border, the Southern zone, they call it, Southern zone border with uh, uh, Gaza. They, the towns of uh, Darat and Ashkelon, I've been in those places. The breakdown of security for those seven hours that allowed Hamas to do such a deadly, I mean, grave, grave assault against children, women, girls, boys, I mean, families, just the savagery that was committed by Hamas that did that. Somebody in the Israeli government is going to have to be held to account. Now, Let's jump to this breaking news of, of, you know, getting all of these refugees out of that part of the world, right? I mean, not just Gaza, but that part of the world. I mean, first of all, and I've been very public about this, you don't hear the other Middle Eastern countries screaming, going, we'll take the Palestinians, we'll take the Palestinians. No, because they don't want to take the Palestinians in their country because they know what they're going to get. They're going to get the same exact problems that the Israelis currently have. And this whole thing about taking refugees now, this is all breaking news. This is all coming out right now. This whole thing about taking these refugees. So what? You want Europe to take some more refugees? The United States to take some more refugees? Mark my words. You're going to hear people in the United States of America, in our government, and you're going to hear all of these these left progressives starting to scream, going, we have to protect these people. We should be bringing them to the United States. Just like Obama brought Somalis, and he put them in places like Wisconsin and 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 uh, Michigan and some other places. I mean, these the, the people in this country will be out of their minds if we start bringing in more of these radical Islamists into our country. So a couple of things that are going on here. One of them is Bibi Netanyahu. He needs to still be sort of held to account or he needs to hold somebody to account for what happened on the 7th of October. And now to make this statement and, and to expect that the world is going to start taking these refugees. Wow. That's why I've been saying this thing is not going to end anytime soon. It is going to go on and on and on. And we're talking about a long winter, folks. So get ready. And you're an expert. You've run major. Okay. So interesting perspective on that. And uh, it is something that I've been thinking about as well. And we are seeing some of what he's talking about, honestly in terms of the protests that we're getting in the streets and the, um, shall we say, the level of emotion that accompanies that, the passion. 
And we've even seen acts of violence. This was, I believe this was yesterday. This was the protest that uh, blocked the road to JFK International Airport. Just going to run this for you to give you a little taste of it. Some people saying this is in itself unacceptable, even some people saying should be considered an act of terrorism. Uh, I don't know if I would go that far, but certainly some people not happy about this at all. Oh, my goodness. Where did my tab go? One moment while I get this fired up. Here we go. And somebody decided to walk. Could not get through. Cause major traffic disruptions. More people walking. Can't get past the protesters. So all that's going on. And then there was this. <clears throat> this receiving, oh my goodness, how, I don't know how many millions of views now. Major, major, major. Here we go. Rabbi Shumley posting this prominent Jewish social media influencer and was in Times Square confronted by a Muslim family, a young girl who claims to be only 11 years old. Sorry, folks, the internet cut out there. We appear to be back, though. So, yeah, Times Square, Rabbi Shumley, and this was from a couple of days ago. You may have seen this, but I want to run it because it has been making headlines and it sets up a lot of what we're talking about here tonight. 
How many of you have you? How many of you have seen this? He was confronted by this young girl and her family. Kill myself? Yeah, go ahead. You said I should kill myself. Yeah, I'm only eleven, and you can't do anything about you it. You said I, I should kill myself. I mean, if yeah. you want to, I am going to report you to the police. I'm oh my God! What are you doing? You, you said kill oh my myself. God. He's eleven. Sir. You told me to kill oh, myself. You're fighting an eleven-year-old. You, you she's your daughter. You let her tell her people to kill herself. Oh my God! You should. You she said I should kill myself. I'm putting him on the news. You want choose to die so badly that you come and kill myself. Going on so say you're sorry. Sure. Say you're sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm you not want me to sorry. kill myself because I'm Jewish? Yeah, you go want ahead, to go die? Ahead, what do you teach your family? What no. hatred do you oh, teach your family? How much hatred do you have? How much hatred do you have? Kill myself. So forget what you said. Oh, man. There's something about that whole exchange that feels plastic, not entirely genuine. It feels like both sides in that little exchange are playing to the camera, to be quite honest. I think probably honest about what they're thinking and feeling, but it feels maybe exaggerated. I don't know. There's something strange about it from both sides, just a little bit. I think the rabbi knows that um, it's going to be put out there. He's aware of that while he's recording it. The other people are also aware of it. The camera's having an influence over the way they're behaving. I don't know if it's for better or for worse, but it feels like they're being influenced as a result of that. I'm seeing other pro. Sorry, the internet froze again. Too many cases of internet. Um, sorry, that threw me for a loop. Too many cases of old footage or footage from other things being recycled or misused, and it's not true. So I'm not gonna not gonna run this footage until I'm able to actually verify exactly what's going on with it. Um, so let me run a quick transition here while I regroup my brain get my thoughts back in order come back on the other side and we'll continue
Maverick News. The world is watching. The New World Order. Government Overreach. The Great Reset. Mainstream Media Lies. Now more than ever. Independent voices are needed. Donate now. At. FreedomReporters.com. That's. FreedomReporters.com. Maverick News. The Antivirus Program. For your mind. Okay, so I've also got this for you. Uh, President of uh, Turkey, Erdogan, is compared to is compared Benjamin Netanyahu to Hitler. He said they used to speak ill of Hitler. What difference do you have from Hitler? I have a trimmed up clip ready to go here of Erdogan with his pretty controversial comment. It's fascinating to see the politics in this unfold. Absolutely fascinating. Oh my. The internet's giving us more grief here. Hang on, I need to run another quick uh, transition while I deal with this internet problem so I can get this clip queued up. One moment, I shall return.
Maverick News. The world is watching. Okay, so here we are. Here's Erdogan and his comments. And I'll read along with this a little bit as I'm able to. It says, what's different than that than Hitler? They'll make us long for Hitler, he says. Is there anything different in Netanyahu's actions compared to Hitler's, he says? No, he says. As of now, Hitler wasn't that rich. Hmm. Netanyahu is richer than Hitler, he says. He gets support from the West. All kinds of support from the U.S. And with all the support, what did they do to more than 20,000 Gazans? They killed them, he said. Again, I take a lot of this with, um, I, absorb, I absorb the information with a great dose of caution. Especially information like this, especially right now. New alliances being formed this war evolving into a much broader conflict. People being pushed, pulled, manipulated into trying to choosing a side. Hmm. Interesting to see it happening. I'll say this. Be careful about Choosing a side, choose whatever side you choose may have a direct impact on you and your family in the future. Because I think when this conflict is over with, if it, if it escalates into something much broader and much bigger, you might find yourself on the wrong side of history when you think you're going to end, you're on the right side. If you understand what I'm saying. I think right now it's difficult to know for sure what the right thing to do is, or which side to come down on. Because one, you don't know for sure what information is factual. You don't know what, Either side is going to do, and it and it looks like there are a lot. There's a lot of a lot of stuff going on on both sides that is criminal in the eyes of international law, irresponsible, immoral. Pick a side. You gonna pick a side? I don't know. Seems dangerous to me. Very dangerous to pick a side when everybody seems to be wrong. Or I don't know. Do you understand? I'm not. That's a complicated way of putting it. 
it continues to evolve. What else can I say? And it's polarizing. I get it. Let's just pray for an end to this and pray for peace. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms. Credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow. Maybe too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. Okay, I'm back, and Nikki Haley has been walking back a little bit on Sorry again for the freezing internet, but we appear to be back again. Let me run this. I think I know how to prevent it from happening again. I need to throw a switch. Hang on. Exile. The Knights of Malta. Maverick News. Join us. The world is watching. We are Mavericks. 
We say no to the Trudeau and Biden New World Order. And to bugs. Because bugs are creepy and gross. And people should not eat bugs. Maverick News. The world is watching. Okay, so as I say, Nikki Haley, Republican presidential candidate, is defending comments that she may made, or really comments that she failed to make or didn't make or chose not to make, depending on how you look at it. She just didn't mention slavery as a cause of the Civil War when asked about it. She was um, on the Pulse of New Hampshire radio program, Good Morning New Hampshire with Jack Heath. And it was sort of a town hall thing that was being broadcast. And uh, this guy stands up and asks her this question, what was the Civil War about? What, what caused the Civil, civil War? War. This guy's name was Patrick. And um, I don't know why he, he would even ask a question like that. A question like that to me seems like it's designed to set her up. It's not something that is related specifically to a current issue. It is a, a question of history trying to get the candidate to say something related to a race-based issue. It felt to me very much like she was being that the question was bait. I think she understood that. She, she just wasn't sure exactly how to respond. So she gave an answer that omitted reference a reference to slavery as being one of the key issues in the Civil War. Let me run the clip for you. <laughs> you can make your own assessment. Please, um, what was the cause of the United States Civil War? Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. What do you think the cause of the Civil War was? I'm sorry? I mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government. We need to have capitalism. We need to have economic freedom. We need to make sure that we do all things so that individuals have the liberties so that they can have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do or be anything they want to be without government getting in the way. What do you want me to say about slavery? 
Next question. Well, <laughs> I don't know what, what would, uh, maybe there was something else going on there. I, I don't know. It just seems, like I said, like a question that was designed to set her up. That seems to, it seemed, that's just the way it seemed to me. Um, I mean, her exchange was met with some applause from the, the audience, but she's also been receiving a lot of backlash, a lot of criticism. Because she didn't just say it was about slavery. Some people coming out really hard on her, too. See, that's what I mean. It's like she got skittish, didn't attack it head on, didn't just grab that and have a pat answer for it. I don't think she was prepared. As part of her stump speech, she often tells the story of the moments leading up to the flag's removal. She's been championing uh, South Carolina's 2015 removal of the Confederate flag on the state house grounds under her tenure as governor. And that removal came in the wake of the 2015 mass shooting at Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston. Nine black people were killed in that incident, which was um, attributed to a white supremacist. And so I guess maybe that's why the question was asked and why it, why it was asked in the way that it was asked. So I don't know. I don't know. I guess, I guess you know, in 2023, the, uh, the culture wars continue to rage. The, uh, the race issues continue to rage. And so that's kind of low-hanging fruit. If you are able to ask the right question the right way and inflict some damage. And that's the way she went down. So what else do I have for you tonight? I think we're um, yeah, we're just about to the end of our lineup of stories, which means we might just have a little bit of time here to go to the phones, which I'm sure that some of you would like to partake in tonight. So let's do that, shall we? I'll set them up. Hopefully it works. I'm using a completely different computer setup tonight. So hopefully everything pipes in properly. And this is the change in the computer system is the first step toward bringing in a completely new phone-in system as well. So this will be one of the last broadcasts, I think, using the, uh, the current phone number as... We are about to fire up. So stick with me. Call-in show coming right up after this.
Maverick News. The world is watching. The New World Order. Government Overreach. The Great Reset. Mainstream Media Lies. Now more than ever. Independent voices are needed. Donate now at freedomreporters.com. That's freedomreporters.com. Maverick News. The antivirus program for your mind. Okay, we're ready to rock and roll with the phone-in portion of the show. Here's the number to call. Join the conversation. Call 1-833-975-3733. That's one eight three three nine seven five. Free. Speak up. Speak out. Make your voice heard. Maverick News. Fighting for freedom by defending your right to free speech. Be a Maverick. Join us. Okay, the phone lines are set up. But I, before we get to that, I just wanted to mention something. We are not broadcasting on Facebook tonight. I'm in Facebook jail. This channel is in Facebook jail. Apparently, uh, saying Merry Christmas is not within the community guidelines at Facebook. Uh, people have been messaging on Facebook but I'm not able to use Messenger right now. I am blocked. All of our Facebook channels and our pages are blocked. Why? Because over the holidays, I sent out via Messenger some gifts and straight-up text messages to people saying, Merry Christmas. And that was okay for the first day. Nothing happened. But then the next day, I got nailed with a community guideline violation. So I'm not able to do anything on Facebook right now. I can see the messages coming in, but I'm not allowed to respond because I'm a bad, 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 bad boy. I'm sorry. But uh, so I just wanted to mention that because if you've been messaging me and not getting a response, It's because of that. I'm not ignoring you. I do apologize. It's beyond my control. So uh, I don't know what the heck kind of world, crazy media environment we're living in. It's this censorship stuff is stupid. It's just gone stupid. Banned for saying Merry Christmas. Maybe I just sent out too many of them. 
I guess. Maybe that's what it is. In any event, uh, hopefully in the next day or two, they'll provide access again. I'm tired of it, honestly, so I don't really even care that much about Facebook and Instagram. Anyway, let's uh, let's get to this, shall we? Let's... Again, I apologize for the interruption through the internet. Complete disc disconnection. But we're rare. And again, I apologize for the disruption in internet connectivity. Let's see if we can take our first caller of the night now. It doesn't appear that the system is working. I don't know why. one 975 is the number to call. And not letting me bring up our caller. Here we go. Are you there, Neil? Neil. My name is Neil. <laughs> Hi, Rick. How are you? Merry Christmas, Rick. Merry Christmas, Neil. Can you hear me? I can. My name's Neil. My my, my last name's Fob. Neil and Fob. <laughs> what? Uh, did you have a very good Christmas? I did, sir. I did indeed. Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, I had I had a great Christmas, Rick. I played Santa Claus. I, I did. You wear your new suit. Yeah, I wore that new suit, buddy. That was a great time. Great time. All for the kids. Yes. Leo, and the parents, I, too. I, you, you, that, that was a great thing you did, man. You, you, I saw you there on a, on a couple of occasions, several nights, I guess, going around spreading that Christmas joy. Good for you. That was awesome. Well, you know what I found, what I found was a, there was a lot of different cultures that were down there. And uh, 
they all took in Santa Claus and Merry Christmas. And I said that word a lot for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because the liberal government's not taken my freedom of speech to say Merry Christmas away, period. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did notice right. that, too, with, with what you were doing down there. You know, uh, people from all walks of life. All walks of life, right? So, you know, it is it is our day. Christmas is our day here in North America. And you know what? When the government says they don't want us saying that, we want to use uh, words like seasons, greetings, and uh, whatever, happy holidays, mm-hmm. they could fuck off. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and that's Merry Christmas. All right. You know, they're, they're right. So they're trying to appeal to everybody. I get it, but uh, fuck you. Okay. When it comes down to Christmas or Easter, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Happy Easter and Merry Christmas. Yes. You know, so, you know, when they could light off fireworks in, in Brampton and, and fuck nearly burn down the town with fireworks and, and blast fireworks till five o'clock in the morning because it's their holiday. Okay, I'm celebrating my holiday the way that I have to, and I did, and it's great. And I got a great story for you. Yeah. Want to hear a good Christmas story for you? I do. Okay, so my 25-year-old daughter, she loves animals, and she says, Dad, I'm going to get a dog. I said, no, you're not. Don't even bother. Because owning a pet, I know. I got, I got a lot of them. Okay, it takes a lot of time, and it costs money. Mm-hmm. Vet bills, food, the whole nine yards, okay? Yep. Well, lo and behold, Christmas Day, okay, uh, while we are having dinner, there's a, a stray dog running down our street. Well, I had a sore paw, so my wife and my daughter caught the dog. And a uh, very nice dog. It was a Belgium, uh, whatever, some fancy breed. Looked like a shepherd. Um, petting the dog. Dog's really tame. So my daughter takes it in the house. She says, see, Dad, I'm getting a dog for Christmas. No, you're not. It's somebody's pet. We're going to find him. Right? So yeah. the dog looked like it's been running forever. had bleeding paws. Okay? So took it in the house, cleaned it up. I gave gave the dog turkey dinner. Right? Uh, and I put it out on Facebook that we found this dog with pictures. Right? Well, I got 150 shares and nobody's responding. I'm like, well, weird, man. Well, my wife says, what are you going to do if nobody responds? I says, well, we'll guess my daughter gets a dog right uh it's in a safe home the whole nine yards right so she's she's happy uh my wife said maybe the person's not on social media i said but 150 shares there's a lot of shares okay and it's on the, the pet sites we call the humane society we're trying to get the, the dog back to the rightful family right yeah and uh boxing day my daughter's outside with the dog and a guy pulls up in the truck he goes yeah uh, my neighbor, a really old guy, who was hit by a car Christmas Day riding his bicycle with his dog on, uh, on, on the side. Well, the dog got scared and ran. And about a mile and a half away is from where he lives, right? It's where we live. And so he's like, I told my daughter, anybody who tries and claims a dog, I want proof, okay, either a picture or the dog's going to show you that's the owner. You'll know right away because the dog's a little skittish, right? Because uh, don't know who we are. But when the owner came, said Bailey, the dog freaked out. This is not right. And it's an old guy who told me the story, right? He said he's not on Facebook. His neighbor seen the the, uh, the post on Facebook. And I went, well, isn't that something, right? So he got his dog back. 
everybody's happy. He was like, yeah, yeah. So by no means were we trying to steal your dog, you know what I mean? But I was, you know, what are we going to do with the dog on Christmas Day? Humane society's closed. You can't bring it there. Not that I would, but, uh, you know, they're closed. I said, so I was bringing it to the vet actually that day to see if there's a chip scan, right, to try and find the, the rightful owner, right? So he was a happy guy, man, but he told me the story about him being hit by the car, right? I was bicycling. I was like, that's a Christmas story all on its own. Wow. He's a happy camper. He got his dog back, and, uh, yeah, the dog got free turkey dinner at my house. Well, that's, with the rest that's, of the dogs. that's great. I'm glad there was a happy ending to that. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. so the power, of social, the, the power of social media is good, and it can be used good, folks. You, know, you see a lot of trash out there. Obviously, <laughs> believe me, the hours I put in on social media every day, the shit that I see, I'm just like laughing. I can't believe this garbage. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so use it for a positive, right? Uh, and that's what you have to do. Use it for a positive. So, yeah, but otherwise Christmas went well. Everybody, everybody was missing you. I guess you, you got my messages about the uh, $300,000 deposit I was putting in the Maverick account in the next 24 <laughs> hours if you if you got back to me, but you never did. <laughs> so now I know why. So that's long come and gone. Oh, Sorry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. But, we were all wondering where Rick is, and I was messaging him. He weren't messaging me back. I'm like, oh, well, maybe some time off, man. Everybody needs it, right? Yeah, no, I'm in. I was spending time with my family, and um, you know, my my brother came home from way out west, and so I was pretty immersed in family stuff for a few days. It just wasn't uh, possible to to do the show, and I couldn't message anybody back on Facebook because I'm in Facebook jail. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm glad you had a great holiday and you spent it with your. Yeah. Did you so freeze up again? We did. I really oh. am so sorry about that, folks. It's this Bell internet fiber connection. It's um, obviously still not stable. And we've been working on that problem for some time and even have a new, had Bell send us a new modem. And it's still doing this. So I apologize. Yeah, well, it was doing it to me last night on Ron, and it never does it to me while I'm at home because I got great service here at home. And it was doing it to me last night, so in the night before it kept freezing up on Rumble, right? So I don't know. Maybe it's Rumble. I don't know. I, I no, it's it's knows. completely cutting out here. I can see that it's just like everything just shuts down for a moment. I'll try and figure it out. I'll keep working well, at it. Well, with that being said, I don't think the petition's going to go anywhere, just like the NCI report. Yeah. Because okay, they're going to look at it. 600,000 people signed it. That's less than 1% of the population. Who gives a shit? Throw it underneath the table, right? Yeah. Just like the NCI report. They only want to listen to what they want to listen to. If you want an election, put the pressure on the NDP. Start protesting. 
just like you did for the Freedom Convoy, uh, out front of your local MP office for the NDP. Yeah. Okay, and they will call an election because they wouldn't know how to handle that shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and the power's with them. It's not with the liberals. Liberals don't want to call an election. The only ones that could call an election, folks, is the NDP. So put the pressure on Fag Meat Singh, okay, and uh, in his party, and uh, they'll crumble. Yeah, I don't think they're. they're I, yep, I agree. Ahead, I, don't, I don't think that petition is gonna, going to re- amount to any kind of direct action. It, I mean, it doesn't hurt anything. It showcases. Well, what it hurts those- is this. The comp, the confidence of every Canadian that wants to sign a petition. I don't want to even look at another petition. This one don't go any farther. Don't even bother me with your bullshit petitions. Okay, the, the, and people are putting them up for everything, right? Petition this, petition that. I don't even want to look at your petition. I don't want to put my name on your petition because it's not going to go anywhere. Show me the last time a petition's done anything. I can't. I can't recall the last time a, pe- a petition has done anything. Period. I, so, I hear what you're so saying. Yep. False hope. False hope, folks. Do what I said. Get on the NDP. Call them every day. Call them 10 times a day. Okay? They'll block you eventually, but call them until they block you. And when they block you, then you protest out front of their buildings. Keep it peaceful and uh, protest for what you're all about, right? So call for the election. With that being said, mister, I have to roll. Have a great New Year's, guys, if I don't hear from you. All right. Thank you, Leo. Great talking to you. And uh, merry belated Christmas, and we're going to have a great New Year. Talk to you soon. Likewise. Okay. Take care. And there goes Leo. Or Neil. (laughs) So... Just pull this down, put this over here, and just a reminder that you can support the channel by donating at freedomreporters.com or at maverickdonations.com. You can also donate through the uh, the Rumble Rants, and please consider supporting the channel by just liking, sharing, subscribing across all the platforms. On YouTube, make sure you hit the notification bell. I'd say share on Facebook, but we're not on there tonight. No big deal. We'll be back in a day or two. And um, again, freedomreporters.com. And because we are having these internet problems, uh, we are going to wrap it up for the night. A slightly shorter show than normal, but I think we covered a lot of ground And it was a productive night and a great call from Leo here in the end. And I will be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Love all you guys. Thank you so much for joining me here tonight. It's been a great show. And uh, I will catch all of you tomorrow on the flip side. This has been a Maverick Multimedia Productions.